Welcome to this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Great and mighty. Well, praise Him. Praise Him, praise Him. Praise Him, praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes we just got to praise Him. Thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for His faithfulness. Amen. Even if you don't feel like He's been faithful. Sometimes we get like that. We don't feel like he's been real faithful, but he's been faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you. Faithful. He's faithful and good. Hallelujah. Faithful and good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well. Glory, glory, glory. Well, we're going to go into the Word. In a few moments, we're going to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, we'll put it up on the screen for you. But in a few moments, we'll go there. But just stay in an attitude of worship today, if you can, while we go through the Word of God. Because he's worthy. His word's a good reminder. He hasn't forgotten you. Hallelujah. Sometimes man will forget you, but God will not. Friends will forget you, but God will not. Amen. People will write you off, but God will not. Hallelujah. Sometimes family will even forget you, but God will not. Hallelujah. God has a word for you and I today. We're leaving Lodabar. We're leaving Lodabar. I, I preached a message a few years ago out of uh, the, around the same text that was called Delivered But Damaged. So you might remember it when we start reading it. It might bring familiar to some of you who have been with us, but I want to preach this message today, Leaving Lodabar. Anybody else ever just feel stuck? Just feel stuck in a place and you just can't get out. Stuck in a circumstance and you just can't get out. Second Samuel chapter 9. Sometimes stuck in relationships and we can't get out. Some of y'all are stuck for life. But, hallelujah. But circumstances and problems and you can't get out. And so... God brought me to this text, relieving Lodabar. I, uh, lots have been happening this week. Uh, I alluded to that earlier, just personally in life and here at the church. And it's been a challenging week, to say the least. And a lot's been happening in our city. For those of you that have been paying attention, and not all good news, but lots of bad news in our city. Lots of things going on. And I'm not going to 
focus on it or dwell on it or any of those things. But I, I just found myself just discouraged. I said, God, I said, God, you brought us here to be an agent of change. How are we going to be an agent of change in such turmoil and trouble and issues and problems and all of those things? And then the Lord spoke to me through Second Samuel chapter 9. That we're to leave Lodabar. I want to let you know that it's not a change in your address or a change of, of address for this church that's necessary, but it is a change of mindset that is necessary. Uh, we have established as we uh, proceed to work at the Dream Center, I'm excited about all the things that are going to happen up here at the Dream Center, but we have known one thing for sure. For all the lives that we're going to continue to touch, whether it's through food or Norma's Closet or through the Dream Center, it, it's necessary that we help change a mindset. How many of you know you can't bring someone out of poverty unless you change their mindset? You can't, you can't get somebody uh, from living one way to another. You can't bring someone even out of any addiction without dealing with their mind. Because their mind will always take them back. They'll, they'll always have those same uh, cycles of thoughts. And so God needs to adjust our mindset. Sometimes, how many of you know we need an attitude adjustment? That used to be the thing to say, right? Some of y'all need an attitude adjustment. Sometimes we do. Sometimes I need an attitude adjustment. Sometimes that requires changing the manner in which we're seeing things. And so God needs you and I to leave Lodabar. If you will, join me, 2 Samuel chapter 9. We're going to read just verses 4 through 10. Watch this as we read. So the king said to him, where is he? Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Did you notice that? Then King David sent and brought him out from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth? And he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather. And you shall eat bread at my table continually. Watch this, verse 8. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant? That you should look upon such a dead dog as I. And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. Watch that in verse 8, our focus for this morning. Then he bowed himself and said, what is your servant 
that you should look upon such a dead dog as I. Can we pray? Father, we thank you, God, today for your word. We thank you that, Lord, your word is more than enough. We thank you that, Lord, your word today is able to cut and to divide and to pierce even the most challenging of circumstance and problems and to crack open, God, those things that are bound up. And so, Father, we pray now that you would release your anointing, that, God, you would help us today to receive your word, and that, God, you would speak revelation to your people and help us in our area in time of need in life. And God, I thank you that you have not forgotten anyone in this place or under the sound of my voice, but, Father, you're just calling us from one place to another. God, I thank you that today we'll leave our Lodabar behind. We'll leave the mentality of being a dead dog behind. And that, God, you will welcome us to your table, to a place that, God, we can receive. Now help us as we go through your word today. Let your anointing destroy every yoke. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you would say, leaving Lodabar. <coughs> Uh-huh. Say it again. Leaving Lodabar. See, I got it. You got to say it like you, 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 you believe it. So if you have to, if you're not sitting near somebody, you have to shout to someone in front of you or behind you. But if you will uh, look at somebody and say, I'm leaving Lodabar. I'm leaving Lodabar. Hallelujah. Yes. See, you'll catch on. Thank you, Jesus. We are leaving Lodabar. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Father. I want you to understand just for a moment that Mephibosheth is the grandson of Saul. The scripture we read lays that out, but just to summarize it for you, that he's the, he's the grandson of Saul, who was the first king over Israel. And after Saul and Jonathan died, the Bible says that there, there was a decree made to kill all of the descendants of Saul, and uh, many of them were destroyed. King Saul was the predecessor of King David, who is now, as we read the text, on the throne. And David was, David was not one of Saul's children, but, but God raised him up to continue the lineage of kings. And so David was, was blessed, but he was, he was a blessed man, but he was missing his friend Jonathan. And he asked if there was anyone left of the house of Saul uh, or of, of his friend Jonathan that he could show kindness. That's where we pick up in the text. He says, is there anyone left of that lineage that I can show kindness to? And uh, the name of Mephibosheth comes up. And so that's where we get, uh, that's really where we pick up in the text this morning. And, and a little backstory is the Bible says, and if you remember the message I preached, delivered but damaged, how many of you know that sometimes we'll be delivered from something, but there's still some damage present? How many of you know God will sometimes pull you and I out of a problem or a circumstance, but not everything is always totally perfect? for all of us, that sometimes there's still some damage. Hallelujah. Mephibosheth is, is a man that, that was dropped as a child and was crippled the rest of his life. 
He was lame in both of his feet. I, uh, that's the message I preached, uh, delivered, but damaged. And, and he went to a place after uh, some time, he went to a place called Lodabar, which is what we are uh, looking at in our text, Lodabar. Lodabar is an interesting place. I don't have the time to spend talking much about it, but it's, it's a fascinating place. We could preach a whole message on just uh, the, the, the place of Lodabar. But really, Lodabar itself means a place of no pastures. A place of no pastures. Now think about uh, how uh, the word of God says that how God leads us to green pastures. And yet Lodabar is a place of no pastures. It's a place where God does not communicate to needs. It's a place that is barren. It's a place that's, uh, it's a dry desert place. Uh, some of us, we may not have necessarily ever visited Lodabar, but we know what it is to be at a dry desert place. We, we maybe even know what it is to be at a place where it feels like God is not communicating or that it almost feels like a place where we have been forgotten and overlooked. Maybe like the island of misfit toys. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, a place where, where everyone who doesn't necessarily fit in can go. All right. Lodabar. Oftentimes, as Christians, uh, if we're not sure of and we're not taught well enough who we are in, in Christ and who God himself is, we can get to a place where we can feel overlooked, forgotten, uh, taken advantage of. We can feel like that, uh, as the, even the, uh, the text reads, as a dead dog, we almost feel worthless or insignificant of any kind. And so that's where what Lodabar is. It's a place of no pastures, a, a barren place, a dry place, a, a desert place. And so the king's grandchild is now living in the desert. He's crippled and he's uh, really... Uh, has an infirmity and he's broken and the Bible says he's destitute and he's been rejected and he's been ostracized. Some of us should be able to identify with some of those things. Maybe not all of them, but some of us know what it is to be rejected or ostracized. And David has moved on into the palace and, and on with his life, even though uh, Mephibosheth is in Lodabar. And, and David decides one day, according to our text, that he wants to show kindness and Ziba tells David that, that the only one left, the only one left who was a descendant to your friend Jonathan is Mephibosheth. But he's a man who has everything wrong with him. He's one of those who everything is wrong with him. But David still wants to show some kindness to him. Now, I want to point out a couple other things about Mephibosheth. Uh, most people who end up in a place of blessing and significance in their life either start out with nothing or they went through some time of destruction to end up with something, right? Some of us know what it is to go through life and to go through trouble and we'll go through a whole lot of trouble to end up with a little bit of something, right? How many know you have to often go through something to end up with something? Hallelujah. But, but the way I understand the Word of God and a consistent theme I see through the Word of God is that we are often propelled into greatness by pain and discouragement. I said that we're often propelled into greatness by pain and discouragement. That's why anytime you and I ever get into a place of life that's full of a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, or a lot of, of, of discouragement, it is, it is God trying to use those things to propel you forward. 
That's why you can't think it's strange or get allow yourself to be consumed with whatever pain that we're enduring right now or whatever discouragement we're going through right now because God's trying to use it to propel you. Say, he's trying to propel me. Oh, see, I got to wake you up. Say, he's trying to propel me. All right, I, I had to realize that myself this week, that it, everything that was going on wrong or that even that was going wrong that didn't have anything to do with me, that was meant to be a discouragement. It's God trying to use those things to propel you and I because there's usually a story behind all of our glory. There's usually a story behind all of our glory. Oftentimes, though, we, we always want the glory but don't want to have to endure the story. We don't want to have to have a story. Wouldn't it be great to have a testimony without a test? But the reality is, is it's difficult to have a testimony about anything if you had not gone through the test. Come on, somebody. And so we often have to go through some stuff. I know it isn't fun and it isn't enjoyable, but you and I, this word today is about you and I having a confidence and a full understanding of who God is. That when the Bible says that he changes not, you have to be able to have an affirmative that he changes not and that all that he says to you and I and over you and I and all that he promises you and I, we have to consider it and take him at his word and not allow ourselves to feel as though we've ended up in a place like Lodabar where that is a place where God does not communicate or a barren or dry place. It can feel like you and I are there, but God will still, even in the midst of that, send somebody to fetch you and I out. Thank you, Lord. In other words, this word is about you and I. God wants to attack sometimes our backwoods mentality. I was somewhere last evening and I just thought, God, I don't even belong here. I was surrounded by people of that kind of mentality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know you're all wondering where that might be, but I can't tell you uh, because then, you, then, then you'll figure too much out. And what you need to have an understanding of is that sometimes, have you, have you ever been in a room full or surrounded by people and you felt like, Lord, what am I doing here? God, why are these the only people you have close to me? Right, And we can feel that way at times. But we have to understand God needs to get rid of that kind of mentality. What God needs you and I to be able to do is God needs to touch you and I so that we can help others within our reach and within our community and within our city and within our families to get rid of those sort of backwoods mentalities or Eastern mentalities or, or mentalities of poverty or mentalities of sickness or mentalities that this is the best that it will ever be or this is all that my life will ever be. You and I need to begin to look around our lives and realize that, that oftentimes where I am, it does not look like what God has promised me. Come on, somebody. Often where you and I live, sometimes the home that we live, come on, am I the only one that sometimes where we live or what we drive isn't exactly what God promised in his word? Amen. Or our health doesn't always look like what God's word says. Am I the only one that ever has questions like that for God? I say, hey, God, I thought you said in your word. And so we will propose questions, but it is only a means by which God will use as a vehicle to get us from where we are to where we're going. Hallelujah. And so you and I have to be able to, to see more than this. God needs to rid you and I of a particular kind of mentality. See, you and I can't change the mentality of those in this neighborhood unless we first have our mentality changed. Come on, somebody. 
Oh, hallelujah. When, when we, we had a situation this week after the distribution and somebody ran over all of our garbage and it just ticked me off. We had it all set out for the garbage man and we don't have a little bit of garbage. We, we have lots and lots of garbage. And someone pulled their car in our lot, sat there, these two young guys, and I had just left the church, went home, came right back. I wasn't gone five minutes, and I came back, and they thought it'd be fun to run their car through the power garbage and drag it up the alley and make a mess. I'm telling you, every fiber in my being was fuming mad. I was furious. So we got the security footage. We, Of course, we posted on social media, and we made them famous. And I had a few choice words, but really the reality was, is I thought they don't know no better. I mean, think about it. They don't see a problem with it. Look around. What's the difference between bags of garbage and garbage flying all over the place? I mean, for real. They, they, they don't see a problem with it. We said something about have more respect for yourself and more respect for you. They, they don't know how. They don't even, that, that doesn't even cross their mind. Why, why that might be needed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that there has to be a shift in a mentality of the way they see themselves. It's not just about how they see their community. It's how they see themselves. Hallelujah. They, they, they could say to themselves, uh, I'm a dead dog as I, in other words, that they have no worth or have no value because if they had worth and value, then they would understand the worth and the value of those in this community. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? The reason why our city officials, I'm just going to call you out right now, Mr. Mayor, and all you all on city council that have given up on the East End, the reason you have given up on the East End is because you don't have a mentality for it. You don't have a mind for it. The reason this part of the city looks the way that it does compared to drive across town where I did live. It don't look this way because they have a vision for the community. They, they, have, they, 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 don't, they don't see it as a dead dog. The reason, that the, the only way this part of town is going to change is if someone can have a vision for it and someone's mindset can change and start changing other people's mindset little by little, all right? And so the, the, our, our government in the city, yes, I know who you are, and I'm calling them out today. I'm not afraid. I'm not embarrassed. I've had high time. I told somebody in the public, I said, it is time for us to either get the help that we need or annex ourselves from the city of Uniontown. If they don't want to help us, we're going to help ourselves. Come on. They did it in Pittsburgh and we'll do it here too. Hallelujah. I'm just saying, right? Because we're going to move from Lodabar. No, I'm not running for mayor. I know that's been the, the question everyone's been asking. No, I'm not. This isn't a campaign uh, message. What I'm saying is that we have a responsibility in the kingdom of God. It almost sounds that way, doesn't it? Well, I appreciate it. I know some of y'all would. I'm just here to tell you that nobody, people have given up vision. What they've done, what they've done to our city is considered at Lodabar. It's, it's, it's where everyone that who can't fit in, who don't fit in, who maybe doesn't have the education to do something, we, we just come here. We just take up residence and then we get forgotten about. When then we call for to have help from the, the popo or the ambulance and, and they'll take their time to get to us because we're not the priority in town. Oh, don't, don't tell me it took them 12 minutes to get here the other night when a shooting occurred across the street. 12 minutes and they're less than a mile away. I, I don't understand that. Hallelujah. You know why? Because it's Lodabar. It, it's Lodabar. 
And so they, they've lost vision for it. Therefore, because what they have no vision, the Bible says that if we do not have a vision, the people will perish. So what's happening is the people are perishing. Uh-huh, maybe not, maybe not physically, but we're, we're, we're perishing in vision. We're perishing in, in economically, emotionally, spiritually, hallelujah, and all of these ways because nobody's got a vision for us. God is calling you and I to have a vision. I got to be careful. I'm going to start preaching something else in a moment. God wants you and I, God wants to get rid of the separation. There, there's that show Tyler Perry has, the haves and the have-nots. God don't want that kind of mentality in the body of Christ. There, we shouldn't be able to sit in church and be like, uh-huh, the money people are over there, and then the rest of us are over here. The haves and the have-nots, all right? God's not interested in that. That's what Lodabar is. It's a place where all the have-nots go. I don't want this part of town to be the place where all the have-nots go. Hallelujah. I, I don't want your neighborhood. Some of you live in other places. I don't want your neighborhood to be the place where, where all the have-nots have to be. Hallelujah. God is calling you and I out of that kind of mentality that we're going to leave Lodabar. Oh, thank you, Lord. We're leaving Lodabar. Hallelujah. I, I'm about to leave Lodabar. God wants to lead you and I somewhere else. He wants you and I to understand that there's purpose in our living purpose in our living. Mephibosheth should have been the next king over Israel, even the Bible declares, but, but he, he had hit sort of a detour and ended up in a slump and he was stuck. How many know that if you and I aren't careful, you will, we will accept a permanent, uh, we'll accept for a permanent location something that should have been only a temporary address. I've put it this way at times before you've heard me say, it was a moment, don't make it a monument. I said it was a moment, don't make it a monument. Hallelujah. We're, we're good at that, building monuments about things that were a moment in time. A moment in time. It was temporary. It was never meant to be permanent. We do that in our lives. We, we'll erect monuments in our life, and there are always those things that happen to you in your life that you keep referring back to, and it was a moment. You and I, that's part of what God needs to set you and I free of our mentality, realizing it was a season. It was a moment of your life. Start referencing it like it's a monument and worshiping that thing. It's almost as though we worship the bad times we've been through. Hallelujah. You need to understand the God that we serve is God enough that he wants you to set you free from those monuments, those things that we honor and that we almost worship that went wrong and when it went wrong. We still know the dates of, of traumatic things that happened to us in our life. I'm not saying you have to forget it. I'm saying stop, stop revering it and, and almost worshiping it every time it comes around on the calendar. I'm not, it was a moment. I'm not going to allow it to be a monument. Hallelujah. No longer in my life because I'm leaving Lodabar. I'm leaving Lodabar. Mephibosheth is in Lodabar, and he was never meant to stay there. Yet he stayed there for some time. See, sometimes we'll find ourselves in a predicament, but just because we're in a predicament doesn't mean we have to stay there. If anybody's ever been broke, just because you've been broke doesn't mean you're supposed to stay broke. Just because you and I end up sick and in health trouble doesn't mean we're supposed to stay there. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever had to adapt your life to a new way of living? 
Uh-huh. Because the way our body operates or the way it no longer operates or, or, or the limitations that we have or whether it's a financial limitation, we start adapting the way that we are and we start living a certain way. And so what we do is we create an economy where that's how we've just lived now year after year after year. Oh, come on, somebody. Forgetting that the word of God declares an entire other way of living. And so our, our, we, we end up having uh, the life that we live that doesn't look like God, walk like God, talk like God, any of those things. But then we come to church and talk about a God that looks completely different than the life that we're living. And it's because we, we, we prop our life up on crutches. Not really giving God the opportunity to come in and do anything because we've got it made. We know how to adapt our life to our limitations. If, we, if we're working with less money, we end up adapting our life and living with little. If we're living with physical limitations, we adapt our life and learn. And day after day after day, we're never really challenging ourselves strengthening ourselves. Come on, I'm preaching good to you now. Uh, 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 never really challenging, our, challenging ourselves to stop living with limitations. Oh, hallelujah. I, I'm not going to uh, uh, live my way a certain way because if I do that, if I start putting my life up on crutches financially or spiritually or physically or any of those things, I'm just living in Lodabar. All right, I, I'm creating and adapting my life so that it, it makes it easier for me, never really challenging myself to get up out of Lodabar. Because it, it's a place where we go to be comfortable, to be the misfit, to, to be a dead dog as I am. Hallelujah. And so we end up making it a monument instead of a moment. Oh, I'm preaching good to you now. So for everybody that your life looks the same way as it did last year, that's because you made it a monument. To everybody that we're still encountering some of the same problems that we did two years ago or five years ago, we've erected a monument. I remember there some time ago they were tearing down monuments across our nation, right? Some people appreciated, some people didn't. I, I don't, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just telling you that some of you in your life need to tear down some monuments of where you've been, of where you've been, of traumatic things that have happened to you that you've allowed to be the basis and an excuse for you to say, this is why I am the way that I am. In other words, what you're saying, I am this way is because God isn't big enough to bring me out. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, I'm telling you the truth today. Did you hear what anybody else ever hear? I am the way that I am. If you don't like it, you can leave. Oh, it's nice to know you're in control of your life and that God has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that I know you'll never change. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Right. Right? That's what they say. Bye, Felicia. Right. See ya. Right. It, it, it's your way of saying, I, I, I'm never going to change. That God is not big enough to change me. I am the way that I am. If you had known all the things that I've been through, yeah. But then are you, are you still in Lodabar? Is, do you want to die in Lodabar? Because if we don't, if we understand that God has more for us and that he has a higher way of living for each of us, then we'll want to get up out of Lodabar. Then we'll let someone fetch us from Lodabar, as happened in the text that we, we were reading about. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, we may be in Lodabar, but we've got to decide I'm not going to stay in Lodabar. I may be there, but I'm not going to stay in Lodabar. Hallelujah. I'm not going to stay there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're not going to stay in Lodabar. Thank you, Jesus. 
Febesheth is in Lodabar. He was maybe perhaps he was left there and just forgotten. I don't know. We, we, I know one thing as, as a society that we live in in this nation, we, when we are done with people, we just push them off to the side and we forget about them. That's what we do. When, we, when we're done having people in our lives, we'll just push them to the side and be done with them. People, we often know we're, we're really good at just kind of throwing people off around the corner and if they mess up and moving on. But it's nice to know that God remembers what men forget. I said, it's nice to know that God remembers what men forget. In other words, God has a plan for you and I, even if we end up in a slump. See, even if you and I are stuck today, God says, I have a plan for you. I have a plan to get you from Lodabar, the desolate desert place that you've been stuck in, the place where you you thought you had to give up, the place you thought your life would always look the way that it is. I've I've got somewhere else for you. And so the Bible says that David decides he wanted to entertain Mephibosheth. So he, he knew that he had to send for him in Lodabar, a place of sand and heat and tumbleweeds and all of those things. And a large entourage of his goes to fetch Mephibosheth and tells him the king wants to see you. Now there's a difficult thing that happens. A difficult thing is when God creates an opportunity for you and I that doesn't seem to fit our environment. But you ever notice that sometimes things and people and circumstances will happen in our life and it just doesn't seem to fit. How many of you know God will introduce you and I sometimes to people and they don't look like us or act like us or come from where we come from and so it doesn't often fit and so we end up backing ourselves out of the the situation, right? Whether it's at work or in your relationships or in your family or in church, that we typically start keep hanging around people that, that think like us and act like us and make the same amount of money as us and all of those things. Come on, somebody. And the minute that God introduces you or exposes you to something new or more, we almost feel it's too uncomfortable for us to stick around. Hallelujah. And so we end up trying to avoid it, trying, trying to... to, to, to get ourselves up out of the situation. But the, the truth of the matter is you and I need to understand it can be one person, it can be one phone call, it can be one individual that you and I meet that can change your life forever because God uses people. God will use a phone call. God will use someone that he introduces you to to change your life, to bring you out of Lodabar. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Diana. Amen. So he's called to come to the king's palace. And it's a difficult thing for a man who's been living in Lodabar, a place where he's felt forgotten, to say yes to something good. Imagine if, if, if the president of the United States c- called for you or I to show up at the White House. It might be a little bit uncomfortable, right? We might feel like, well, what in the world he want with me? I don't fit. What, 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 what do they want to hear what I have to say about anything? I'm just living in Lodabar. I don't have anything to add or anything to contribute to, to what they want to do. or what they, I don't have anything of value to say. Because we, all, we have not learned how to say yes to good things. And so we end up often sabotaging our own opportunity to get out of Lodabar. When God will use people and circumstances and things that necessarily don't fit our environment to bring us out. See, we often like the idea of good things, but we end up sabotaging ourselves. Sticking around what is normal and comfortable for us. 
Because we, we get, just get hooked on where we are. We get hooked on pain. We get hooked on trauma. I mean, you know, there are some people that are just hooked on drama. And so they'll always live in Lodabar so long as they're hooked on drama. The drama queens, we call them, right? They're just hooked on it. They don't know what life is like without creating or stirring up some kind of drama in life. We have them in our family. Yeah, we probably have them in church. We've got them in our neighborhood. We got them at the workplace. Drama, drama, drama. And they will never leave Lodabar so long as they're hooked on that. Any more than a person that is hooked on pain will ever leave Lodabar if you're going to focus and build a monument about your pain or build a monument about what you don't have or the lack that you have in your life because we end up getting strung out on problems. Uh, The only place that people like that are really happy are in Lodabar. All right. What God needs you to understand is he doesn't want you to be a happy person in a place like Lodabar. He wants you to understand he has something more for you. He wants you to understand that you and I need to get out of Lodabar, that we're going to refuse to stay stuck in a place that has no pasture. (coughs) He don't want us to stay stuck in a place like that. In other words, God says, I want to deliver you from dead stuff. I want to deliver you from dead things, dead people, dead end jobs, dead end relationships, Ugh. dead end finances, dead end all of those things. That's what he's saying. I, I, because I don't believe that God created you and I with all the, with all the creativity that he did for you and I to live in a place like Lodabar. I can't believe that God breathed life and, and air into our lungs and created you and I to be as fine as all of us are in this place for us to live in a place like Lodabar. That's not the God that I serve. That's not the God that I read about. I read about a God that has created an atmosphere, has created a life, and wants you and I to have a life that's bigger than a place like Lodabar. Hallelujah. I don't believe that's what he wants. It's, but but the, that's why David said, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, the Lord is my shepherd. I, he doesn't want me to have to want to be in a place other than Lodabar. He don't want me to have to live like that to where I'm always wanting to get out of it. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, he's saying there are certain things I shouldn't have to go through because I am a child of the King. Do you and I realize there are some things that you and I go through because we do not have the full understanding and revelation that we are a child of the King? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, See, I know uh, all presidents and their family end up in the news. And no matter who is president, the media always sort of attacks that nothing's going to happen to their son or their daughter because they're the president. You're right. Those are part of the perks of being the president. Right? I mean, it just sort of is. It isn't fair. Favor isn't fair, right? But it just they sort of just get by with a lot, right? They can do something wrong and, and well, the Justice Department will ignore it. Thank you, Lord. But you and I need to understand that's what it is to be a part of the kingdom of God. For you and I to be a, a part of the king's kid. Hallelujah. That there are some things God says that he doesn't want you and I to have to go through because we're the child of the most high God. That I'm a child of the king. But there are some things that we end up going through that God never intended you and I to go through. And the reason we go through them is because we do not have the understanding and the revelation, but I'm a child of the king. 
And so we end up erecting monuments in our life and staying in places like a Lodabar much, much longer. And we create a life and we live our life in a place like Lodabar. And God says, I never meant for you to live there. I never meant for you to live without. I never meant for you to have to live your life in pain like that or in destruction like that or in all of those things. I just needed you to understand what I've written in my word that it is true. See, the, when, when we were worshiping earlier, God sort of set a theme with the worship and I didn't even pick the songs today. Brandon picked the songs today. And but God set up a theme where he wants you and I to be able to worship him and understand how big he is and how awesome he is and how marvelous he is, that he's bigger than where you and I are. He wants you and I to be able to see that he's bigger and that he's not just God in a place like Lodabar, but he's God outside of there. And God is trying to call you and I out of little and bring us into much. And he's saying, hey, I, you are a child of the king. I have more for you than where you are. I'm a bigger God than where you are. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm a child of the king. That's why when God makes his promises to you and I in his word, you need to start receiving it. I said earlier in the worship that some of you need to just create and, and put yourself in a position to receive. Why? Because you're a child of the king. It's already yours. There are certain inalienable rights that are yours because you're a child of the king. Oh, yes. Just because you and I are, 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 are a child of mom and dad, that means you have certain rights that other people don't. Right? When, when you walk into your family's home, you just open the fridge, get what you want. If you're a stranger and you do that in my house, I'm probably going to tell you about it. Because I think that's rude. I, I know some of y'all don't think so. You're like, oh, just get whatever you want. No, get out of there. You know, I don't know. It's just weird. Right? Because I'm a child of the king, he says, come on in and get what you want. See, we, we need to understand that about church. When we come in here, he says, come in here and, and get what you want. We, you have access to certain unalienable rights that, that you have as a child of the king. Things that he wants you and I to receive. He's saying, uh, you're no longer in Lodabar in, anymore. You're no longer in a, in a desolate, desolate place. Now remember, Mephibosheth, his, he had crippled legs. He was in, in a place of infirmity. And he was struggling. Couldn't, he could walk, but he couldn't walk well. I said he could walk, but he couldn't walk well. But, 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 but there's, there's more going on underlying the text. On the basis of his position, he was sent for because there are certain inalienable rights that belong to him as the grandson of the previous king. And David recognized that David said, I want to show kindness to him. I, 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 I need to have some fellowship, but I, I want to provide to him something that should have already been given to him. Oh, God. You need to understand that there are some things that God wants to provide to you that should have already been provided to you, but we get so comfortable in our place like Lodabar that we think this is all that there is, and so we stop asking for it. We stop believing for it. We stop believing that we even have a place at the table to receive it. Oh, hallelujah. But as soon as you understand, as soon as you know that you're a child of the King, it changes how you see things. It changes how you feel about things. It'll change whether or not you're willing to accept in what you're willing to accept in life. Hallelujah. 
That's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He didn't say he makes me lie down in dry places and and, in places of destruction. He said he makes me lie down in green pastures. Uh, In other words, I can't be a, a, a child of the king and die in the desert. I said, I can't be the child of a king and die in Lodabar. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's why when you and I start taking inventory of our life and everything that isn't right and everything that is, is wrong and everything that doesn't look like what God's Word says, you need to be real careful there because you don't want to die in, a, in, a, in the desert. God is bigger than you dying in that kind of, uh, in that kind of place. Uh, God's bigger than that. I'm a child of the king. Therefore, I will not die in the desert. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Febesheth comes to the table. He was lame all of his life. He was a man that was crippled and distraught and mutilated. And his hair was kind of snarled and tangled from living up in the desert all this time. And his clothes are stinky and dirty and tattered and torn. But it comes from a place of being deprived and depraved and demented. But he's still a king's kid said he was deprived and depraved and even a little bit demented but he still was a king's kid hallelujah hallelujah in other words we can come from the rough side of things we can have come through some rough things uh, uh, but 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 we are still heirs of salvation we are still purchased by god we are still born of his spirit and washed in his blood you need to know that no matter what we've been through or what we're doing without right now that you and i are still children of the most high god we are still kids of the king hallelujah hallelujah thank you lord god has so much more for you and i than what we've experienced up to this point you need to understand something about god god didn't god 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 did not make you and then and then wait to decide what he wanted to do with you understand that about god i said god did not make you and then wait to decide what to do with you. No, see, the Bible says that God created the earth before he made man. And then he created the garden, and then he created Adam and put him in the garden. In other words, God is picky about where he places you. You need to understand something about God. God places me. God places you. You need to understand that about God places you. God places you where he wants you. The place that he has prepared for you. In other words, God doesn't want you to be stuck in Lodabar when he has prepared a place for you. He has not just prepared a place for you, but he's prepared a place for you in the palace. Hallelujah. See, when God created fish, he spoke forth and then they began to swim. See, that's why some of us, we're struggling because we're trying to figure out where we fit in. God is not, is not delaying trying to figure out where you fit in. He created man and then he put man in the garden. God didn't hold up and, and hold them, dangle them in the air trying to decide where to put them. God has already prepared a place for you. And the place that he, he puts you in is a place where you can flourish. See, when he, when he created the fish, he spoke it, he created them, and he put them in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the water so they would live. Outside of the water, they will die. 
when, when he created the birds, he created the birds and he allowed them to be able to fly because without them being able to fly and breathe in the air, they would die. See, the, what you and I are doing with the way in which sometimes that we mismanage our life and put ourselves in places that God never intended for you and I to live, we allow ourselves to live most of our life in places that we will not flourish because we remove ourselves from where God has called us and placed us to be. And so then we wonder why everything isn't looking so good. It's because we're in a place where God never called you and I to be. Hallelujah. Everything that God created, He created it to live and to, to prosper in a certain kind of environment. That's why you were not created to live in a place like Lodabar. Oh, come on, somebody. That, that's why the people in this community were not created to live in a place like Lodabar. The reason our community is not prospering is because they weren't created by the Most High God to live in a place like this. They were created to live in a place more than this. I'm preaching good to you. I'm saying that the life that you are living, God created you to live in a place more than what you're living, more than where you are right now, to drive something more than what you're driving right now, to live in a life of more health than where you are right now. That's the God that we serve. He did not create you and I. He did not take the time to breathe air into your lungs and to take the dust of the earth and create man so that we can live in a place like Lodabar and a place of desolation and tumbleweeds, a forgotten place, a place where nobody wants to go. Come on, somebody. God didn't do that. God, God, God is not a man that, that, that he would lie. God is not God that wants to create things and, and just cause you and I added problems and added, added issues. But instead, God is a God that he creates things and then places in them in areas where they will flourish. Oh my God. Oh my God. I believe that what God wants to call you and I to do is to create places where people can flourish. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's why, that's why God has placed on the inside of each of us, each of us, giftings and callings. And what God needs you and I to be able to do is identify what's on the inside of people and then place them in areas where they can flourish. Come on, somebody. That's why I said I, I'm leaving Lodabar. Where I have been, I have not been flourishing. So I've got to get up out of Lodabar. That's why there are some relationships you have to leave because that relationship is your Lodabar. You've got to get up out of that Lodabar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's why there are some physical conditions that you and I are battling and if you give into that sucker and there's someone some woman was walking with her walker the other day I said what are you? I said you're not even retirement age and you're walking around here like you can barely get along oh but it hurts that's right stay in Lodabar because you're going to die in Lodabar you're way too young to be walking around like you like you in your 90s Hallelujah. I've got way too much living to give in. I used to have to preach with a cane. Remember that, Lois? I used to have to preach with a walker. And I said, I am way too young to live in my Lodabar. Come on, somebody. Some of you in this place, you still got too much life to live. You've got too much life to give. You've got too many things that God wants you to accomplish for you to just stay in Lodabar. Some of us that have been living in Lodabar in our finances. Come on, somebody. God has so much more for you than 
accepting such little things and living off the crumbs that fall from the master's table when God says, no, no, I didn't call you to live off the crumbs that are falling from the table like a lap dog. I called you to sit at the table because you have earned a place at the table. Why? Because you are a child of the most high God. I'm preaching good to you today. Hallelujah. I'm leaving Lodabar. God needs somebody to be able to show this community and our city and the people that we say that we love how to get up out of Lodabar. And so in order to do that, God has to cause you and help you to leave Lodabar. Hallelujah. To leave Lodabar. I was never born to live in Lodabar. Hallelujah. You need to understand something about your Lodabar. It was only meant to be a temporary location and not your permanent address. It was never meant to be your permanent address because God prepares a place for you. God has already prepared a place for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. David said something. I, I'm going to prepare to wrap this up. Watch this. David told Ziba, he said, I, David sent someone. He said, I'm going to send someone to Lodabar to go get him. David told Ziba, go to Lodabar and fetch Mephibosheth. Hallelujah. See, we could, we could think he was fetched because he couldn't walk, but, but he could walk. He just couldn't walk well. But what I understand about God is God knows that sometimes when we're going through things, we just need to be fetched out. There are some times in life, if you've ever gotten just weary and weak and, and beaten down and troubled enough, that God knows that where you are and what you're dealing with, that he'll just send someone to bring you out of where you are. He'll just send someone to get you. He'll send someone. God is trying to send this word today to get you up out of where you are. That's the God that we serve. That, that's the God that we serve. He loves you and I enough to get you out of where you are. The Bible says that Mephibosheth came out of Lodabar physically. Physically. He was fetched out of, uh, out of there physically, but it was difficult for him to come out of Lodabar spiritually and emotionally. And that's the place that you and I often get stuck in. Physically, we're out, but, but spiritually and emotionally, we're still stuck. This is where most of us get stuck. Because we can't come out of Lodabar and not be scarred, not be unscathed. Because anytime you spend a period of time in a deplorable situation, it's going to affect the way you think. It's going to affect what you think other people think about you. It's going to affect how you see God and how you think God sees you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So you cannot come out of Lodabar and not be affected. Think about it. The children of Israel came out of Egypt but the Bible says that they still long for the leeks and the onions from where they came from. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Same way for you and I. If all you've ever eaten was margarine and we put real butter in front of you, you're just like, hmm? Right? I like the real thing. Right? Some of y'all don't. I like the real thing. And so you'll long for what, for what you and where you came from. Because it's what you're used to. Hallelujah. It's what you're used to. In other words, what you and I have to begin to ask God for today is, Lord, teach me to have an appetite 
for what you have for me. Lord, teach me to have an appetite for what you have for me. Don't don't let me have an appetite for what I'm used to. For, for what I, the way I used to live in Lodabar. But God, give me an appetite for what you have for me. You know what? That'll allow immediately you to not be stuck in the past. You, you know, to allow yourself to be comfortable living far below where God intended for you. You know what that'll begin to do is develop a personality in you for breakthrough. Where, where suddenly you're not satisfied with eating margarine. You want the real deal. Hallelujah. So, suddenly you're not, you're not satisfied with imitation crab beat. You want to break those suckers open yourself. You want to hear the snap, crackle, and pop. Dip that thing down in butter and know the difference between the real and the fake. Come on, anybody else with me? I know for every vegetarian, don't freak out on me, but, but I happen to like crab legs. And, and imitation can serve its purpose in a stupid dip, but don't put that slop in front of me when I've tasted the real thing. Amen. Coming up out of the ocean. Hallelujah. Steaming those babies. Oh, hallelujah. Down in some hot butter. Oh, now see, I'm getting hungry for crab legs. Because ain't nothing like the real thing. Nothing like the real thing. And yet we have created for ourselves an appetite of what we're used to. I only have an appetite of what I, what being used to living little, being used to living with little money, being used to living where I am. And so we've created that our community has only has an appetite for what they've been exposed to. So can we expose them to something more? Can we expose the people in our lives to something more? And in order to do that, God has to create in you an appetite for something more. Where, where you're no longer satisfied with the imitation of anything, where you're no longer satisfied living little. I've got too much life to live to stay in Lodabar. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Too much life. So God is going to change our minds today. He's going to change our minds today. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, David sent for him. They bring him in and bring him around the king's table. But it was a difficult thing because David was brought in physically, placed in the presence of King David. But this is where I remembered why David said in Psalms, he restoreth my soul. Because see, it wasn't so much about the damaged feet of Mephibosheth, but it was about repairing the damaged soul. The damaged soul, his mind, his will, and his emotions. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that's where the repair had to really happen. It wasn't so much in his feet. It was in what he believed about himself. To, to repair the dysfunction of how he saw himself. To repair how flawed he thought he was. That he deserved to be in a place like Lodabar. And that's the root of where God wants to get you and I to be able to minister to you at the place of how you see yourself. The reason some things always keep happening to you isn't so much about the other person. Let me just tell you today when it's about you. And it's about how you see yourself and what you deserve. Oh my God, 
I've had people I've counseled, they were in counseling 20 years before they got to me. And when I helped them to realize it isn't about all of the, the, the losers you dated. All of this has been about you and how you see yourself. Oh, oh, hallelujah. That's what God needs to deal with in you. The only way that we're ever, ever to be the agent of change that God has caused us to be is if we first deal with how we see ourselves and then we in turn can help others deal with how they see themselves. That will cause them to have an appetite to leave Lodabar. Hallelujah. To leave Lodabar. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that they bring Mephibosheth in. I'll close with this. They bring Mephibosheth in. Falls to the floor. Says, what in the world do you want with such a dead dog as I? What do you want? A person like me, as screwed up as I am, as messed up as I am, as worthless as I am, to come from what I come from. In other words, what do you want with a person who has no value like me? And what Mephibosheth learns very quickly is that while he had thrown himself to the floor, feeling as though a dead dog, David had created a place at his table for Mephibosheth, who had been living like a dog, living far below and doing without all the things that he was entitled to as a child and a grandchild of the king been living without all this stuff and David tells him I want you to come here I want you to have a seat at the table and all you have to do is receive everything that I'm giving you eat all the bread that you want eat all the food that you want oh yeah and all the lands and the wealth that your grandfather had it's it's yours too I'll give you back everything that you didn't even think that you deserved everything that probably never even should have been yours since you didn't become king but I'm going to give it to you anyway that <laughs> but you don't have to crawl at my feet no 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 come here Mephibosheth I have a place a seat at the table for you because after today you're leaving Lodabar you have to be able to understand that God has already created a place for you outside of Lodabar what you and I have to make up our mind is that I'm leaving Lodabar. See, you can go to a nice dinner, sit at a night. I can ask y'all to go to lunch today and we'll, we'll go to, I don't know, go to the country club. We're down to Maryland's on Maine and we'll get you a nice dinner. Buy steaks for everybody. And you can think, oh, this is nice. God wants to give you an appetite for more. Meaning, more of a life than where you are. God wants you to understand that everyone in this place, everybody online, He wants to give you an appetite for more than Lodabar, to bring you out of where you are. That He wants you not to stop living in a place that He never created you to live. You understand, God did not create you just to live in Lodabar. He created you to live in a place where you can flourish and prosper. 
That's why his word says that above all, he desires that you prosper and be in good health, even as my soul prospers, even as your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's why God needs to minister to your soul. He needs to repair your mind, your will, and your emotions, every area of your life where you've been scarred and wounded, and it has caused you to make safe decisions and safe choices that have kept you in Lodabar. God says, no, no, no. I need to restore your soul because that's why he says in his word, he desires that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. That in other words, before you can prosper and be in good health in your body, first your soul has to prosper. First your mind has to prosper. First you have to have the appetite to prosper and to, to want more than, than living in Lodabar. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying today? Somebody needs to hear today, I'm leaving Lodabar. I said, I'm leaving Lodabar. Yes, we're leaving Lodabar. I, I, I'm done living in Lodabar. I'm going to be done living in a place less than where God intended me. God did not create me. God did not break the mold when he made you and I for you and I to live in a place like a Lodabar. No, instead God has created a place for you at his table where he just wants you to come and be able to receive from him. God is trying to deal with your mindset today and shift how you see yourself and shift how you, you see what in the places that you see yourself and wall that he has for you. Hallelujah. Are you leaving Lodabar? Yes, I'm leaving Lodabar. If you can, will you stand to your feet in this place today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We're leaving Lodabar. We're leaving Lodabar. I want you to make up your mind today as we close in prayer. In a moment, we're going to close in prayer. And on your way out, we're going to let you sow your tithes and your offerings. So for everybody who watches online, you can get ready to give right there on the website. And we appreciate those of you that do. But, but I want to give you, you and I in this room a couple seconds and everybody online a couple seconds for you to make up your mind and decide what your Lodabar is. And that when we pray, when we pray and when we walk out of this place today, that you are leaving your Lodabar. You're, you're, you're going to leave the mindset behind that you're going to challenge yourself to get out of the mentality, the place where you gave up, the place where you decided this is all it will ever be. This is as good as it's going to get. No, 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 no. See, that's Lodabar. That's not prospering and being in good health, even as your soul prospers. No, 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 no. That, that we're going to leave Lodabar. So as we leave this place today, as we go about our week, I want you every step you take, every decision you make, I want you to be careful. Every step you take, every, every direction you go, every decision you have to make, make sure that it's a decision that helps you to leave Lodabar and not to stay in Lodabar. Mm. Decisions about health and finances and people and circumstances. We're leaving Lodabar. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your anointing and the presence of your Holy Spirit in this room today. It's powerful. It's palpable. God, I thank you for your word that goes forth, that it was meant for someone to be able to hear in this room or online today, that God would touch and reach them at their deepest place. God, that it would reach them in the depths of their soul. 
that even as God your word has declared that you desire above all that we prosper in good health but even as our soul prospers that God let this be the day that there, the prospering of our soul can begin that God let this be the day where we can make a decision God I'm going to leave my Lodabar that God I've been living in a place where it's just been comfortable when it hasn't had to challenge me and, and, and nothing around me has really changed and been any different and, and, and but God I'm going to leave Lodabar because I recognize you have a place at your table for me that God I might not even have much and God I don't even really know what you fully want of me or for me but God I'm going to make up my mind that I'm going to leave Lodabar that I'm not going to live in a place of poverty I'm not going to live in a place of far below and far beneath God I'm not going to allow my live myself to live in a place of pain and discomfort and turmoil in my life but God I'm going to leave my Lodabar the, the place where I gave up the, the place where I gave in to my, my circumstance the place that was only meant to be temporary and God I made it permanent God I'm going to leave my Lodabar I, I'm going to leave Lodabar. So, Father, would you speak to the hearts and minds and lives of the people within this place today and online right now in the name of Jesus. Father, as I pray and, God, as they are calling upon your name, God, I pray that they would begin to make a declaration to you, I'm leaving Lodabar. Now, God, every decision they make, everything they come up against this week, that, Father, they would declare and decree and that, Lord, they would make different decisions because, Lord, they're they're leaving Lodabar. They're they're not creating a place where, Lord, you never, you never, you desired for them to live. That, Lord, we're not going to stay in places that were only meant to be temporary in the name of Jesus. The Lord, we're going to be a people that will leave Lodabar in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So Father, I decree and I declare over the lives of these people that their souls will begin to prosper, their minds, their wills, and God, even their emotions will begin to prosper and grow again. God, I call them from a safe place, God, to the place of which where you've created them for, the place, God, where they have, you, that you have destined for them to be in the name of Jesus to leave Lodabar and take up their place in the rightful place that God you have called for them. Lord, you created each of us to have a place at the table. So Father, we rightfully take our place at the table. And now, Father, I just pray that we would receive everything that God you have for us. Everything that Lord you have for us. God, all the goodness that you have for us because we serve a good God. We serve a God of goodness. uh, The goodness of our God. So Father, I thank you today that we're, we're a people that are getting up and packing up our belongings and moving from Lodabar into our place of promise in the name of Jesus. Taking up our rightful place as children of the Most High God. As King's kids uh, that we're an inheritors of the Most High God and the Lord will take and receive our inalienable rights that God that we have for everything that Lord you have for us in the name of Jesus that we won't do without that God we won't do with little but God we receive everything that we have as children of the most high God as inheritors of of a God Lord we receive it all now in the name of Jesus now father I pray over your people right now God as we leave this place and God we go about our week God I pray blessings and abundance God I pray every day that we live and every step that we take that we take another step out of our load of bar in the name of Jesus. God, let this word just ring in our ears and come back to our spirits and remind us that, God, every time we get into a place that seems comfortable, that, God, that's load of bar and that, God, you've called us out of it. I pray in the name of Jesus. God, as we leave and we give of our tithes and offerings, God, bless it, multiply it, and bring increase. God, I thank you even we're going to give our way out of load of bar. I thank you that, Lord, we're going to have an expectation to receive bigger things and greater things than what we did in load of bar. I 
I had been receiving little because I was in a place of being little. But Father, now that we're sitting at the king's table, we have an expectation of receiving large and of receiving more than God what we're accustomed to. And so Father, I just pray even now, Lord, for an attitude and a position that Lord, we'll set our eyes and expectations to receive of the heavens with great expectation, with great expectation as we serve a God that is more than enough. God, we expect to receive more than enough. So Father, I decree and I declare that word over your church, that Lord, you would reveal yourself as a God of more than enough in their life. I give you glory. Lord, we give you praise. And God, we just thank you for your word and for everything that you've said today in this place and everything that you will do and everything that you'll do as we take our place at the table of our King in the mighty, powerful, wonderful, great name of Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all as you leave Lodabar. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a beautiful week in Jesus.